0: I'd like to begin this podcast with an acknowledgement of the original custodians of the land that we speak on today. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging, and any First Nations people that may be listening or watching today. First Nations people still don't have constitutional recognition and remain proportionally the most incarcerated people in the country. This is something that needs to change. It always was and always will be Aboriginal land. This is The Undoing, sharing stories, perspectives, and eliminating stigma for future generations. Uh, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, thank you for having me. <laughs> uh, uh, tell me a bit about yourself.
1: Wow, that big question that we I know. everyone's always like, oh my God, tell me about yourself. And you're like, oh, I don't it's even know. It's a bit
0: open-ended, isn't it? <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, um, I'm Maggie. Uh, my pronouns are she, her. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm 23 years old. Um, currently studying a double degree at Monash in, um, bachelor of arts and a bachelor of music. Um, and yeah, I'm here because I'm pretty much, I'm really super passionate about, um, mental health discussions. Um, I have a thing called functional neurological disorder. Which is kind of a uh, disability that isn't very well known out there. Um, it's basically a disorder of the nervous system um, and comes with a wide range of symptoms um, and presentations. So it's it's kind of different in in everyone, really. Um, but I basically was diagnosed at the end of twenty twenty. After that, you know, uh, full on year that we all had, um, yeah. and basically yeah i started having my first symptoms of f and d was actually when i was about 16 but i didn't know um i started having like these deja vu kind of episodes and i was very confused i thought they could be a panic attack um but didn't know what was happening felt extremely out of my body felt like i had no idea what was going on um and just felt incredibly unwell and uh I remember my mum and i being like okay something's really not right here this is a suspected maybe seizure kind of thing mm. um considering i got this just like weird intense fear um it was very strange and very um like scary yeah, so definitely. i was yeah i was like 16 Saw booked in to see a neurologist but then these symptoms sort of went away and i cancelled the appointment and i was like eh might've been just a weird anxiety thing. Who knows? Yeah, right. Um, and then basically in 2018, um, pre-pandemic, yeah. I went through quite some trouble with my, um, mental being. I was really, uh, struggling. Um, I was like, it's probably, my, it was my second year out of high school. Mm. Um, and yeah, just, just felt, decline in my mental health um as well as some things going on in my personal life i was feeling um i had depression and i didn't know it for a long time um and didn't understand why i wasn't coping and um yeah basically like a few big things happened in my personal life and um i went traveling i was went to cambodia um with jake my lovely partner and I started having these return of these deja vu seizure episodes when I was stressed and kind of feeling somewhere different. Um, And they were so horrible that I just remember feeling, I just was so unwell like that. I don't even know how to describe it. Um, And on top of that was having panic attacks. So I definitely knew these episodes weren't panic attacks because I knew what that felt like right um you know the hyperventilation crying um feeling like i was going to die that was like a very different different thing to what these seizures were um basically managed had a wonderful time aside from all of this that was going on um got home and basically uh yeah went through again more stress in my personal life like back to reality and Mm. um then just one day was folding some laundry um, at home, home alone. And I remember getting this sense of deja vu and feeling just like, oh my God, something's not right. I remember just feeling this wave of nausea, this intense fear. My eyes started going blurry. Um, and then next thing you know, I wake up and I had hit my head and I was on the, lying on the floor and I had no idea how un- how long I'd been unconscious for. Um, and i was in so shock
0: overwhelming yeah to
1: experience oh yeah oh yeah so i called my mom and was like i think i just i just collapsed like i don't know what's going on um so she picked me up uh she had a hair appointment so i just came with her yeah. to, and she was just watching me um and then i was sitting next to her the hair just sitting at the like you know the hair salon benches and um Next thing you know, I had slumped completely forward and fell on my face and then was on the ground and it had, had another episode mm. um, and was completely unconscious. So my I went straight to ED yeah. um, and they did all the tests. So kind of, uh, you know, checked my heart, um, like with yeah. the EC, ECG, uh, sorry,
0: yeah, yeah, ECG,
1: correct, yeah. yep. Um, had, you know, various tests. Um, blood tests and blood pressure checked heart rate um, because it was suspected syncope which is just a word really for fainting or passing out losing consciousness um and basically yeah I got sent home once I was all cleared from the dangerous stuff Mm. and then a few days later it happened again but I was sitting down and I was in the car with my mum and my brother and I went oh my god I feel so unwell and then next thing you know I'd flopped forward my eyes were wide open, and I wasn't there, like completely catatonic. My mum wow. was freaking out. She, it looked like I, I had died. Like yeah. it was awful. Um, straight back to the ED. Again, they were like not sure what to do. They gave me, um, you know, referrals for MRIs an EEG, which is like a basically an EEG. It's an electroencephalograph, and it's like where they put all the wires on your brain and kind of check out your brainwaves um, because if you have um, epilepsy, yeah,
0: um,
1: which is another disability, uh, they can see the brainwaves change when the person right. has a seizure. Right. But with my seizures, I have non-epileptic seizures, so you can't see the difference in um, what's happening in my brain. It looks oh. all the same yeah. as normal. That's so so um, yeah, was sent off, um, was, yeah they were my three worst episodes around that time um i was working closely with my gp um got on to uh, got onto some antidepressants mm-hmm. um which i was quite resistant to at the start i don't know why yeah. so silly i think a lot of us can be uh, um i was of course
0: i've been on know, medication for five years and still for some reason i'm resistant yeah. to any kind mm-hmm. of changes or new medications yeah you know there's it's an overwhelming experience putting something into your body in the first place but there is obviously also a lot of stigma attached to that medication and Mm -hmm. fear based on it and you kind of you don't look at it as medication you you know when it comes to your mental health and and things that Mm -hmm. aren't just a bit of panadol or an antibiotic you know because that stuff we're just like of course no worries there's this yeah. divide that we experienced mm-hmm. with those two things. So of course you would have been feeling that hesitant yeah. and fear with that. And stuff. I was
1: like, there's so much going on in my body. I don't, I don't know. You know, I was kind of at this point just in shock. And yeah, um,
0: yeah I I
1: remember around this time, the seizures started coming down a bit and that's when I went on the um, antidepressants. And I, before that I was just not coping. Like literally I remember sitting, going to like just daily tasks, not being able to do them. I remember, um, waves of really heavy depressive episodes where I felt just black. Um, mm. like mum would go to work and I'd sit in the same spot. She'd go to work and come home and I hadn't moved and was just staring and just not like just so low. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was diagnosed with major depression, depressive disorder and, um, still didn't know what, this it was didn't know what these seizures were, so they kind of put it down to just non-epileptic seizures. Um, I was diagnosed with anxiety, generalized yeah. anxiety disorder, and um, later down the track, OCD. So I have some OCD, quite mild OCD, but um, that's kind of how things manifest for me. But yeah, yeah so at this that... point, yeah, I just had no idea what if what these seizures were. So I was yeah. just like, "What the heck? Why is no one helping me? Like, why yeah. is there no answers?" saw a neurologist around the same time as starting the antidepressants and the antidepressants I started I think at the time were Lexapro 10 milligram Mm -hmm. super open about it um not on them anymore that's down the track um (laughs) and yeah had had an EEG but they couldn't capture any seizures so which is the tricky thing with not knowing if they're epileptic or not epileptic is that they They can't catch it.
0: So So, scary to like have these experiences mm -hmm. that are so overwhelming and like traumatic for not just you, but the people around you and to not have something clear to put it down to, to, you know what I mean? Like to have this open-ended. And it wasn't like,
1: the thing is with back then is what it was just like, well, you got epilepsy or you don't, there was not FND or there wasn't, they weren't really recognizing what non-epileptic seizures were and how there still isn't really you know, viable treatment for that. But um, yeah, I actually had the neurologist I saw go, ah, well, it sounds like you've got epilepsy. Let's just put you on some epilim. Oh and I was God. like, no, I knew I just, you know, when you have that gut feeling and you're like, yeah. nah, I just don't, I was like, I appreciate your opinion, but I think I'm gonna get a second opinion and yeah. try and get another EEG and see if we can capture any seizures, yeah. capture them. Cause that's the kind of hardest bit. Totally. Um, so yeah, look, honestly, after that six month period, I started getting better as my mental health improved, these seizures lessened, yeah. I started being able to connect back to myself and heal the things that were going on in my personal life and um, just really, yeah, heal and take that time for myself, um, especially going through, yeah, such a dark time. Um, and basically got, I was referred to a seizure specialty clinic the next year, cause there's long wait lists. Mm. Uh, and unfortunately didn't capture anything there either. So they put it down to like dissociative disorder or just some, cause I have a history of trauma. They're like, yeah. oh, it must be something to do with your body just not coping. And I was like, oh, eh, right. sounds about right, I guess. Um, yeah. But I was still frustrated.
0: Of um,
1: but yeah, all of 2019, I was thriving. I didn't really have uh, any seizures. This, um, my antidepressants were working a treat. I was feeling um, I had started this uni degree. So I was feeling like, you know, yeah. I, I had something to focus on and pour my heart into. And um, my personal life started kind of clearing up. And I started to really just get get back on track and get my feet on the ground. Stress really
0: um, is like the biggest trigger. Like It's
1: honestly horrific. Chronic stress. The most stress,
0: intense like flare ups I have are always caused by stress every single yep. time
1: stress and overwhelm, like the feeling of being overwhelmed. Um, And just like, you know, what what can happen in your life and it can be even small things that can be triggering, especially if you have past traumas, um, you know, that can be things that just, you know, react with you in ways that you didn't realize. But um, yeah, so 2019 got my feet back on the ground, was doing really well. Um, You know, I was doing musicals, I was, Mm heavily involved in like the community and yeah. helping out with um a thing called Rotoract, which was really good for my soul um and yeah it just felt felt really on top of things and then I guess the bloody pandemic hit yeah. in 2020 of course and I think just like everyone my mental health was starting to meow, decline again a couple of things
0: going on anymore <laughs> externally to like keep you going mm-hmm. like give you purpose and you know, almost healthy number of factors as well. Yeah.
1: And the world, you know, I still think is in just such a strange, um, but yeah, can be disheartening place. Um, there's obviously positives and there's it's, but it's scary, you know, and I think our generation especially is living with like all generations, everyone that's living through this pandemic, but, um, we're feeling like we need to make the change. You know, we really need that, that oomph, that, Like, we're the ones that have got the fires in our bellies. Um, And basically, yeah, to backtrack that 2020, I started noticing uh, my anxiety just getting really messed up. The depression wasn't too bad. I get the occasional depressive days and um, episodes, but nowhere near as bad or consistently as it was. So I started, um, I, I just randomly in the middle of the year, started having, not randomly, I guess I was really stressed and not coping very well mentally, but just having chronic panic attacks. Like, and they weren't, they started becoming like out of nowhere. I wouldn't yeah, even have right. the thought pattern that would trigger the yeah. panic or anxiety attack. Um, so I just was not coping. I started, yeah, I'd have the, you know, real hyperventilation, but it would be like, I'd have four panic attacks in a row and to the point where I'd like run or, run out on the street or just, I just was not coping really. Um, And I felt like, you know, I said to the people around me, I don't, I'm just not, I don't feel stable. I don't feel right. Something's not right. But it also, I was together in other ways. It was really strange. And I think there's that stigma around things is that you can be stable and well in some areas of your life, but then when your mental health is not good or you have a mental illness, it's just, it's um, it it's can take over. Yeah. Mm, so, and misunderstood. So I think that was to me a sign that things weren't right. So yeah. I up my meds um, to, I'm super open about it because I think it needs to be talked about more. Is, Definitely. Um,
0: it's normal. Yeah. Everyone, everyone is on medication. There are so Seriously. many more people out there that are on medication that mm-hmm. don't realize it because it's not something we actively and discuss. it's so i encourage that so much it's and, and if anyone's scared or
1: you know apprehensive about taking medication that's completely normal and okay too but totally. i think once we start opening up the conversations around medication and surrounding, surrounding mental that illness and
0: starts like mm-hmm. clearing it yeah
1: yep. it does because yeah. you know vulnerability and chatting is the best um and yeah basically i up my meds kept having these panic attacks, kept Mm. not feeling well, and then basically had the onset of tics, which is a thing with um, this disorder I've got called Functional Neurological Disorder. Um, I say FND, so that's what it stands for. Um, But I started after a highly anxious episode. Um, I had actually smoked a bit of weed, um, marijuana, just, uh, what's the word? yeah, just for a bit of fun and which I had done before, not mm. much, but like a little bit. And um, it was not the best idea considering I was already anxious, but I thought maybe it could calm me down. I thought maybe it was just, yeah, don't even need to justify it. I smoked some weed. Um, and then basically I was super anxious in once I'd smoked this weed and got yeah. caught in like a mental loop, which I know okay. people,
0: Ah, it's, a it's horrible. Yeah. It's not talked about enough. I have to stay away from it now because- Yeah, me too. It, it really, me it, too. there's something that ticks off and it's, mm. it's over after that. It's like, it doesn't- It's, yeah.
1: honestly, it can be so like, yeah, I've um, also found horrible. it triggers
0: my migraines in the past. Really? Yeah. I've tried it before them. and it's triggered my migraines and I've had a full on migraine attack really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah yeah
1: oh gosh yeah it's pretty like I think it has a different reaction to everyone and I know it's totally. like quite normalized and I know it can be really good for some people and yeah, whatnot but for yeah for me it just didn't agree with me this one time and um yeah basically got stuck in like a mental tick or a mental loop which is very much how my OCD brain works anyway but mm-hmm. the weed just kind of perpetuated yeah. it um so I went to bed um I was okay but then like woke up the next day was fine. But about 4 p.m. the next day, I just started um, randomly. I'm not even kidding. Just started jerking. Like my whole torso just started jerking. And I was like, what the heck? Um, And my partner, Jake, looked at me and was like, okay. um," And he was trying to keep me calm because he knew I was like stressing. Mm. Um, And I started stuttering. I couldn't get any words out. My my head started nodding. Um, I started making little like, woo. Ooh, noises oh, yeah. and it just like it was like a switch went off um wow and I was kind of dissociating to start with and was like oh everything's normal this is fine um called my mum and dad and she, my mum was like come home right now like come um because I live with my partner Jake, but yeah, yeah mum was like come two hours and then honestly over the next two hours they just got progressively worse wow. um I could not stop moving and then straight to ed um was in that waiting room and i remember just being like i don't know how to cope like and it was just so uncomfortable i started having a lot of i think they first started like almost like a ooh like that um a throat thing and the kind of my neck would jerk Mm. um and then was given like some valium um which is diazepam just to see if, like, it was an anxiety thing. Because at that stage, we were all like,
0: oh, it'll go away. Well, because I've had anxiety ticks before, like, growing Mm. up, right? So when I was younger, I had ones where – and it was unconscious. I didn't know I was doing it as much. But it also was, like, an obsessive thing that would come from stress. But this is obviously, like, a different thing. Because when I was younger, I would have those anxious ones where, like – but even now, I have one where my jaw clicks. And I, like, click my jaw and I'll, like, you know – do that yep. when i was younger it was one where i would like slurp you know in like mm. do an inhale slurp or i had a sniffing one for ages where i'd sniff yep. and i yep. just remember when i was younger being told all the time by my parents like stop doing that naomi stop doing this stop sniffing stop it's so stigmatized and, and totally they, yeah yeah but that there's is a like difference a, it's, a whole different thing in regards to
1: well yeah uncontrollable
0: it is movement of your body in a way yeah
1: it's it's on a different they're different um so that's the thing like there's a lot of like um a lot of people don't understand what ticks are and how yeah. common they are and, and how common they are they're and they're so different forms. common like I remember talking especially. to someone
0: just the other day I think it was my um my parent and I was saying um um like I mean I've got Invisalign right now and I was saying it really yeah. helps with my you know, jaw clicking, which, which is a yeah. tick that I have, and he's like, What well, do you mean a chick? and he started doing that whole classic, like, you even got chicks, and you know, someone who has epilepsy has ticks, and blah blah blah. And I, it was just this whole thing that so I was just like, I get it, but yeah. they're common, <laughs> like, you can know they're honestly stress induced. I... There's so many kids yep. who experience that, yep. and it's something that's stigmatized or ignored or brushed under mm-hmm. the rug which was mine, mine well was stop totally that what are you doing why are you
1: making that funny exactly movement, stop you know? doing
0: that why are you doing that and yeah. also that was so anxiety inducing to be told off made for it worse it. probably it made it so much worse made yeah. it so much worse and i would be sitting there and now i'm not only having this tick but like having an anxiety attack at the same time because i'm being told off for something that it's no, not i'm probably. not sitting there choosing yeah. to do it do you know what i mean and so it really is something that's so common that people don't realize and there's literally a lot of kids it is because it doesn't have to be associated with any kind of no it, it can just be a stress-induced behavior and
1: there's so many different like terms of how you can classify it so like yeah. um there's I guess so you've got yeah a lot of people when they think of tics they think of Tourette's um yeah, exactly. Tourette's disorder or Tourette's syndrome which is a neurological disorder whereby um yeah it's it's tics yeah. uh it can be and tics can be like classified by um, verbal tics, uh, yeah, verbal vocal tics, um, motor tics or physical tics, mental tics. um, And there's also writing tics, which I didn't know was a thing for a long time. Um, So they're your four kind of types. And within that, so tics, they're just tics, every like different tic disorders have all those types. Um, But Tourette's, yeah is it's a childhood disorder actually you have to be generally diagnosed in childhood um and then there's of course just like anxiety ticks or stress ticks which is just like i think it was something like one in three kids will experience ticks of some sort at some point and that Also, it can be a bit confusing where the cusp is because, so you've got tics, which basically means, you know, involuntary movements um, and those four categories. It's an involuntary thing. Um, And then you've got stimming, which Mm -hmm. is uh, a word quite probably most commonly recognized um, in ASD, which is Autism Spectrum Disorder. Um, and But every, person stims neurotypical people neurodivergent people we all stim so stimming is like where you like
0: move your foot around in a pattern yep bounce your leg
1: or bouncing your leg or swaying like there's some stims that are a bit more like obvious and these are stimming is voluntary ticks are involuntary so stimming is like yeah bouncing your leg you might not even know you're doing it um it could be like picking sometimes skin picking which can be an anxious sort of stim um yeah, there's all sorts of stims. Rocking, um, yeah, we all we all have different types of stims. Yeah. Um, so, and some are just more obvious than others. Yeah. Um, and they're a thing that helps soothe our nervous systems. So that's the difference between both. Kids will do have either or, but um, ticks are probably less common. Everyone yeah. stims, whereas not everyone ticks. Yeah, exactly. um, I'd be
0: interested to- They blur. Know more about wh- what mine, actually were as a child because they yeah. were definitely unconscious but that's what i was saying before i was that was different to what you were experiencing in regards to just mm. total involuntary movement because it was definitely mm. something that if i really purposely tried to calm myself down enough at an older age i can mm. attempt to stop it's hard but it's yep. more of a compulsive thing whereas when i was yep. younger i i didn't have the mental strength or capacity to really understand what was it yeah was absolutely calm it down or stop it but what you were saying with the onset of yours in ED being well
1: I probably had some as kids that I just didn't recognize um and like a lot of like I said before a lot of kids so Tourette's um ADHD and OCD so Tourette I think it's Tourette's and um ASD are quite like A lot of the time kids have both and same with OCD and ADHD, those four kind of interrelate and but some kids could just have like anxiety and have those tics like exactly what you explained. Um, And it's a way of and they can be yeah little ones like sniffing or blinking you know doing those kind of. A lot of kids have that. And it's or grunting, honestly grunting, little things like that, yeah. Grunting, yeah. it's not uncommon. It's like so more common. common than you think. So, um, but yes, my tics were extremely involuntary. I mm. can't suppress them. Um, there's a little Venn diagram I found that- So I have functional tics, which is part of FND. Yep. Um, and it's very confusing because functional tics and Tourette's present very similarly, yeah. but it's very hard to know. Basically, the only difference that I've found, I had a little Venn diagram. There's small- um differences in how they present but a lot of the time they look the same and yeah. present the same it's just the underlying sort of stuff like yeah. age um how how the ability you have to suppress or not um it, it uh, functional tics are more common in women whereas Tourette's tics are more common in men really um yeah, wow. so there's all these different factors which I won't go into but yeah basically functional tics I have um my tics at the start, so in hospital, they were crazy. Like, I shouldn't use the word crazy. Well, they were just going.
0: Yeah.
1: Going and going and going. Um, and that was I. was such an was,
0: overwhelming experience. It was horrible. My mum was
1: just like, what is going on? They started just getting worse. Um, and I started just going, making heaps of vocal noises. My shoulders were going up and I was exhausted. Oh, um, I was mean? then uh, admitted to neurology the neurology ward. Cause they're like, eh, that's where we're going to put. I fell asleep after like 40 milligrams of Valium over quite a few yeah. hours, <laughs> which is a lot. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, was woke up. And after I woke up, I was still ticking. I oh died, They didn't go away. And I went, damn, okay, this is not good. I think I was just like completely dissociated and in shock. Um, and my coping mechanism is making sure everyone else is okay. So I was like, oh my God, I'm so worried. I had panic attacks thinking I was upsetting other patients. Like that's just my immediate thought process. Um, Especially because again,
0: it is something that isn't widely understood or accepted, you know, ticking in that way. And so it's like, you know, this embarrassment almost and shame that might come with it and anxiety that comes with it when you're doing that. Oh, absolutely. That because it comes through. Yeah. With, I mean, for me, like being told off as a kid with that yeah. in regards to that, but also like at an older age, being in the public Sorry, I'm having tics now. <laughs> please, don't apologise, it's fine. Talking
1: about them never helps. Yeah, <laughs> but it's I'm it's like sure. fine, it's good, but yeah, it I'm sets me sure. off a little bit. Yeah,
0: let me know. if You're, you're right
1: like though. It. Nah, nah, I'm all good. I'm all good. Just These are just some mild ticks that I have. Sometimes my eyes do weird like yeah. stuff um, at the moment. My jaw does this like weird thing, but yeah. they just happen. I just roll with them. Um, but uh, yeah, like you're right. It's the shame around it. it's the stigma around it. It's don't want to upset anyone. And yeah. I was having loud noises. So I got transferred to my own room, which was really lucky but That's it crazy. was in COVID times end of 2020. So I couldn't have many visitors only like Ugh. one a day for an hour. So that, that be sucked because I was so lot. mentally unwell um, yeah. and just physically unwell. Um, so I started having the tics whilst I was in hospital. Then it started becoming really vocal tics. They started just escalating. I started having big arm movements. I started hitting my chest. I started having started screaming when I was really distressed. The wow. tics turned into scri- involuntary screams. It was pretty horrible. Yeah. And then um, I couldn't walk. So... There's ticks and then there was my clonus, which is a type of movement disorder basically classified by jerking. So like my body was just and uh, ticks are smaller muscle groups generally and my clonic stuff is bigger. So like my stomach was just like doing this. So I could not stop like rocking big, big movements. like big head movements and I couldn't walk cause I was jo- jolting and jerking so much. Mm. Um, a tremor is a similar thing, but just tremors are like small, smaller yeah. um, and it's a different type of movement. Yeah. So um, you see a lot of my clonic stuff in, you know, um, it can be in other movement disorders. Um, yeah. And yeah, so I was jerking all the time and exhausted and felt just, awful couldn't walk because of these jerks um at all really and then um i started having yep really bad panic attacks i had one incident with a nurse which just shows you the stigma Mm. um i really needed help getting to the bathroom and was pressing the buzzer and she's basically what do you want like why are you screaming you need to stop screaming and i was like oh i can't this is involuntary um and basically pulled my arms down and like she just like tried to touch me which is just something you shouldn't do when someone's ticking and was just like pretty much just like you need to stop you're being ridiculous like treating me like a child having a tantrum and it was being ridiculous
0: is the line that everyone hears when they and and
1: i was like like babe this isn't a behavior this is a involuntary thing that's happening Mm. and then i actually was so angry um, that I told her to F off, um, because I was just not coping. And I just said, look, you're not helping me. Please leave my room. She wouldn't leave the room. So I said, please, oh, like, I-, I think I just said, you don't effing understand. Um, yeah, you're not. making me more distressed. So I'd, I'd appreciate going it if you to left. Make them
0: worse, if and then different.
1: she kept h- hovering. I was like, No, I've just asked you to listen to my needs. I'm asking you to leave. Yeah, setting Um, a boundary and it's being crossed. As a patient. How is that going to
0: help anyone in that circumstance?
1: It was extremely uh, stressful. I had to get my, my mum and dad were freaking out because I couldn't stop screaming Um, when I spoke, tried to speak to them on the phone, had to get. So the nurse was actually um, removed from the ward Mm -hmm. um at that stage and I'm telling you there's some beautiful beautiful nurses and healthcare workers this was just one that wasn't that nice and didn't know what they were doing and possibly should not be in a neurology ward dealing with mental health patients um because I'm I'm that neuropsychiatric so I'm on the on the cusp I don't fit into neurology don't fit into psychiatry I fit into both um so that's why I was confused I was like should I be on a mental health ward or should I be in neurology I don't know um of course And then of course, the next day I had a return of seizures. So I started having seizures. They started manifesting as my eyes rolling back and um, I collapsed and it was really scary. Had to get all the nurses in. Um, It was incredibly distressing. Um, And so there was all this stuff going on. I was having the ticks. I was having panic attacks, couldn't walk. The seizures were back. Um, And then in later, like, then I was discharged because they didn't know what to do with me, pretty much said, look, it sounds like f but we're not sure. Mm. Prescribe me some meds that I'm not on anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, and said, we can all we can do is offer you, um, you know, a referr- referral to a movement disorder clinic that had a 12-month wait list, mind of you. Of
0: course it did. I've just mm. got in somewhere that's got a four-month wait list, maybe five. Ridiculous. Like they, of course yeah. they have to have that. And you it's know, just Unless like, you, you have sake. thousands of dollars to pay every yeah. appointment to get into where that's, you know, maybe mm-hmm. a few more, if you want to go through the public system, which yeah. a lot of people do, because a lot yeah. of people, like, as, you know, a student, like, living independently, like, you, it's, I know. you know, how can you support have, yourself?
1: Yeah. And my mom was like, why are they trying to discharge you? Like, You literally can't walk and we have no tools at home yet. Mum's like, I need to set up the house so we can help you. So I got brought home, which I think was the best thing for me considering how, um, yeah. traumatic it was having that incident with the nurse um, like it was awful I don't even know if I described it correctly but it was just disgusting and yeah. really horribly disheartening. It would have been um, so
0: disheartening you're going through this onset yeah. that you've never experienced yeah. before and yeah. someone is standing there saying things like you're being ridiculous I mean mm-hmm. how are you supposed to feel comforted and safe in an environment when you don't even understand what's going on to your own body and they're trying to give you those Mm. answers and
1: you need that bedside manner like that is so important there's some nurses and doctors that have beautiful bedside manner but unfortunately the experience I had at that hospital um I didn't have much doctors with bedside manner especially being alone which was really distressing and a lot of them just saying we look we don't know and just Um, We can't really help you. Too hard basket, pretty much. Yeah. Um, Which I know a lot of people with disabilities and chronic illnesses find um, the too hard basket, like especially those disabilities that
0: are misunderstood. You know, like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people Mm -hmm. that I've come across as well where they'll, you know. Say things like, "Yeah, but is that a disability?" And you know, why is that? You know what I mean? Because you're trying to. Because my thing is, I have chronic migraines, and I've got that genetically from my mum. And so that's obviously a neurological disorder. And yeah, I've had them since I was younger, and they were you know here and there, but they've only become chronic in the past, probably eight months, which means that I've Mm, been like completely disabled from them. Yeah, so I've. The mm. at the worst and that I've had them, which is like currently and in the past six months, I've been having mm. like maybe four a week, maybe five, which means that I can't get out of bed when I no. have that flare up. Do you know what I mean? And absolutely. But because again, it's it's a neurological disorder and it's something that isn't, especially it's an invisible illness as well. Invisible in,
1: illnesses. Invisible Talk illnesses. about them all day. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Dynamic illnesses that change like migraines. Yeah, you know?
0: Like when there's one minute you're okay, the minute's consistency for people. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Like I can sit Mm -hmm. here right now and be okay. I mean, you know, I may have some mild things that are, you know, something that Mm -hmm. I've experienced which is hard to explain for people, like, you know, the brain fog or fatigue, etc. That that stays pretty consistent. But other than that, I can be a fully functioning human. And so it's hard for people to understand, well, you know, surely how does that reacting yeah. Or how does that work? And, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. the biggest thing lately has been like, you know, I've started coming to terms with my identity and instead of saying, oh, I'm being punished and blah, 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 I'm trying to come into this mm. new phase of saying, you know what, I have a disability and it's okay. And I'm still yeah. you know, happy, healthy and loving life. And, you know, trying yeah. to form my own identity and new views. And, yes. you know, Yes. kind of stuff Absolutely. with this new thing, because, you know, it was something that was hard for me because I grew up with my mom who has chronic migraines and I was actually Mm. her carer at at a young age. So,
1: um,
0: you know, from maybe like 10 to 18, I was her carer. So to experience Mm. it from that perspective and then just in the past eight months have that swap
1: and Mm. come into like myself Mm -hmm. as,
0: you know, a chronic migraine sufferer, it has been an absolute whirlwind. And I knew that it was obviously you know, a disability from her end. But I realized how much stigma I still held within myself Around when it. I got that
1: absolutely said
0: Even though I grew yeah. up with it my entire life, I was still, you know, frustrated by her mm. because I guess as my mother I wanted someone that, you know, it, it came a lot deeper, obviously. I wanted someone of course. that could be there for me and be a parent to me. Um, yeah. and I was more being a parent to her, her in for some a lot circumstances of phases in yeah. my life yeah because i yeah. needed to care for her when she was bedridden you know what i mean and so yeah. when i came into it i was like oh my god it was a real shock to the system to be like wow this is like something that i've had yeah. for so long mm. and now mm. i have to come to terms with living in it in my and you need
1: to be cared for you know and exactly. i think that's a really i'm so sorry to hear you have chronic migraines exactly. i personally I'm haven't sorry experienced them
0: story as well I oh, yeah. it's just
1: i mean i think we all experience health um differently and we all have our things you know and there's definitely um there's a higher percentage of disabled people than you think and dis- yeah. disability is a spectrum and mobility is a spectrum and totally. um we all have different needs accessibility needs and um not all disabilities are visible and yeah. they can be dynamic and changing and i guess for me, like I was so unwell after I was discharged from hospital, I was continually unwell. Um, new symptoms would develop. I had dystonia, which is basically, um, instead of the myclonic stuff, I had the involuntary movement where my hands kind of went like, I used to call it the claw. I still mm. call it the claw cause I still get it. Yeah. Um, basically my hands cramp up and my neck and uh, yeah, I go like, so uncomfortable. It's like a spasm sort of mm. movement, quite, quite um, you know, distorted um and that on top of also just my i've limb weakness so on top of it hard to walk with the jerking my um legs my knee muscles and my legs just some i just can't make them work um at the start especially so i had to be i lost all independence i needed help getting to to the toilet i had like my mum sit me on the toilet and jake and i couldn't move I was and as someone who loves doing something things yeah. I was I have chronic fatigue still do like yeah. I just get so exhausted um yeah. and then um from then on I was having seizures up to I think 60 seizures a day um wow. and they started getting more cuz in hospital at that stage they were just the absent seizures yeah. um where I still held consciousness like I could still hear I was right Partially conscious, so they're like partial seizures. And then, um, now from like when I got home and then up until now, I have different types of seizures. So I don't really ever completely lose consciousness like I used to, which I'm really grateful for. And I hope, yeah, yeah, that doesn't come back, which it might. I don't know. I'm just trying to be open, but, um, yeah. Basically, I my seizures present in a lot of different ways. I have absent ones where I have staring spells um, and I can't communicate. I speak gibberish. Um, my lip smack, my eyes can flutter and do funny things. Um, I can hear and sometimes respond with like a thumbs up or a, a grunt, but that's about it. Then I have tonic-clonic seizures and like my clonic. So I'm jerking and convulsing um, and uh, I my body moves quite and it really is uncomfortable and painful. Um, and then I have drop seizures, so sometimes I'm just walking around and then I just basically hit the deck and I can still hear. Um but yeah, so there's I mean, I they honestly vary and change yeah. all the time. Um and that's and also some of them. Something
0: must have like stigma yes. again associated with it. Especially, yep. I think the biggest thing as well is like internal stigma that you experience with yourself because you hold mm. so much guilt, like really trying with to especially. validate yourself and validate mm. your experiences, validate your pain, validate your mm. trauma Validate, mm. you know, the need to receive help. That's something that yeah. I'm still struggling with so much. Ugh. I don't like accepting, so especially because I've had to be a carer as well. I've had mm. that perspective in understanding how much of a toll it can take on a person. And str- as a young you feel person. like
1: you need to be strong for yourself yeah. and for others. And yeah. I think that's a huge thing. Like, I honestly could talk for hours about navigating stigma and navigating my life now with fnd that has changed my life i do not have the independence i used to i have pretty strong accessibility needs um i go through phases where i need to use a mobility aid and a walker which i don't yeah. generally share i still have seizures seizure activity daily um my tics are tenfold better i went through That's phases great. where i'd have extremely full-on tic tacks like yeah. i would um throw my coffee I would yell, I honestly, it was horrific and embarrassing. And
0: yeah.
1: again, like the stigma around them, like I was, oh have had so many different reactions to FND. Like there's either yeah, the staring, imagine. the just blatant staring. Yeah. There's the stare with the smile, which is nice. Yeah. Cause I know it's interesting and a smile <laughs> is nice. Then there's the laughing at me yeah. that people don't know me, which is disgusting. There's people, that um I can't imagine have I, I copied can't my ticks, thinking that like they can join in and then I uh, realized that it's not a game and it's not funny it's actually an involuntary thing I've had people tell me excuse me can you please stop yelling like oh literally just God. had no idea that it was involuntary
0: it, it, it's really um, surprising to me that that yeah. is actually the level that I mean it isn't it isn't it's surprising to me but I, I I'm still mm. shocked that that's people suck reaction that still exists
1: but then there's beautiful people like i i was on like i was at a dance show or i think i was at a gig one of jake's gigs and this man this like fully grown man turned because one of my constant kind of verbal tics which i still have i don't know where it's come from pro i think it might have come from like i know being ingrained in my memory i honestly don't know it's hello i'm peppa pig
0: yeah that well, is the tick Yeah,
1: and I was just like I always say it and it's like this I say it a certain way I can't like emulate it yeah, but yeah. and then this man turns to me and goes you've made my day I love Peppa Pig too Aww. and um you know it was just so just that like connection and just like affirming and just being like it's okay you know um is great and especially when adults like turn to their kids and say now this girl has like wet so I don't have to do it, because a lot yeah. of the time I feel obliged to explain to kids like i'm okay i'm not in pain. Um, but I think it's actually the parents responsibility to uh, educate their children on differences 100%. and disability. Um, but in saying that I don't mind just normalize, like, you know, normalizing it and chatting to kids and being like, Hey, I'm okay. It's just, yeah. just I have these funny movements and, um, but it's also exhausting advocating for yourself 24 totally. seven. Um, so I guess stigma, the big thing with F is as well, I felt very stigmatized because it was non-epileptic and I felt like yep. there's, So non-epileptic seizures used to be called pseudo seizures, which basically means fake seizures. And that even has stigma around it. Mm -hmm. Um, And basically they can also be called psychogenic seizures, which means like uh, it originates in the psyche and it's a psychological seizure. Um, And some of these definitions imply that you have control over them, which you absolutely don't. And for a long time, FND was uh, labeled as conversion disorder which there's a lot of problems with that. It's a very Freudian approach, which is about, um kind of saying that it's about emotional trauma and mental health right. basically converting into physical symptoms, right. which is not yeah. and it's not that case.
0: instantly just it welcomes in a stigma. Stigma people to and say, well, people okay, going, oh, it's a behavior so go you know, a walk, They must have control. Go for a do some more mindfulness, drink some more water, read a book, and it away. Put it'll your thoughts go on a away, leaf and, and it's like. Down the stream.
1: Yeah, honestly, like that, and having, lot of healthcare workers uh not know what it is and also yeah. um just the yeah, lack the stigma of around, around well i can't get ndis funding i cannot get oh any disability God. help not nah, because wow. they fnd is still a newly sort of recognized yeah. thing it affects so many people and fnd is an umbrella term so some people might just have um seizures Uh, or non-epileptic non-epileptic attacks they call it sometimes Some people might just have a tremor some people might have myoclonus some people might have um speech impairment i have a speech impairment too sometimes it comes out which is another big symptom for me um which developed a bit later on sound like the basically the muscles in my mouth and tongue just don't work properly i just can't Um, imagine
0: the overwhelm of like living your life mm. i mean actually i do Imagine it in some ways because it happened with me in regards to living a certain yeah. way and building your identity for yourself in one way mixed. your entire life, and then suddenly it totally changing. Like for mm-hmm. for me, it was I have always been so wildly independent, partly because of my childhood yes. experiences, and yes, of course, know, always a doer, like doing so mm-hmm. much every day, mm-hmm. always out, so social, like mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And now to like have to force myself to be in bed four days a week, five days a week and not moving and not have any consistency, not have any control over Mm -hmm. what days I can do and can't do that change of sudden, you you kind of lose your identity in lots of ways.
1: Oh yeah, I've lost, I I relate so much. Like it's, you twist it. You have to kind of reinvent yourself in a way and it shifts your values as well. Mm. And just how how you, like I've had to re you know because i'm a person that i'm like you Naomi. i love doing i love being active and i can't anymore and i can't be super social and do these things i cannot get myself places i can't be left alone like yeah. there's all these accessibility things that come into place and just warp you have to like relook at your values and relook at how you function in society especially for me being a neurodivergent person in society yeah. and uh you know society's expectations and this awful capitalist push yeah. that's like, be productive, be productive, yeah. be that girl. You know, like, where's fuck your side that. hustle? Where's
0: your like? Yeah, yeah totally.
1: 100%. Yeah, it's like sorry, it's some random number just started calling me. No, um, yeah. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. It's, no,
0: where's your side hustle? Like, where's your empire? Oh. You know, where be a boss, babe? Like, there's so much. It's, it's ridiculous. This
1: is. You know, uh, and just like even like fitness cult I could go into it. I could go into oh, yeah. it, but
0: oh it's even just like seeing those TikToks of people being like, If you aren't at the gym where are you are and it's like And being um, like in bed dying <laughs> This is my productive day,
1: um, oh, and it's like, God. babe, like a lot. A lot of people can do that. Um, did you know that rest is important? Uh, mm-hmm. Like you know, it's, and I feel like it's just so ingrained in our society, and we're living this fast-paced life and this constant dopamine releases, which is just I think is causing a lot of. Um, issues and it's like yep. surfacing things like fnd are surfacing so much more so because
0: much more pressure these yep. days for well, especially young yeah. people to have their life figured out and to be doing so much and it's mm. like it's, I, it's disgusting I seem to like feel that like celebrities and influencers and mm. all that are just mm-hmm. getting younger and younger and younger mm-hmm. so now you have to be like 13 14 and have something figured out for yourself and it's it's that's not what life's about
1: honestly like for me again I've had to yeah I've just shifted it like I'm like you know honestly just existing and being and slowing down and getting to know yourself and cooking a yummy meal like there's there's so many things that you can do that's just you don't have to be productive and Mm -hmm. I felt the pressures of other people being like Maggie, you need to apply, when I first came out of school, Maggie, you need to apply for this job and mm-hmm. you need to do this and you need to achieve, achieve, achieve. And I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not built this, you know, not everyone's built yeah. that way. Yeah. And um, you can, being restful is being productive, if you yeah. like, you know. and Yeah, um, not even
0: with physical disabilities, but any kind of I mean, even just neurotypical people like- Everyone, don't you don't any, have to have a disability. You you know, you don't have to have any kind of mental struggles or anything to nah. understand that rest and taking care of yourself and learning and changing, changing your passions, yes. changing your purpose, changing yes. your goals is mm-hmm. a good thing. And honestly, who wouldn't want that? Like, why would you want to do the same thing for your entire life? Like,
1: I just don't think work, I think there's this really um, messed up kind of, view on like to be you know an active member in society and to be you know you have to be like working and hustling and creating your empire and i don't think that's there's no, like, if that's what you want to do, great. And you're able I to understand. do that. And, you know, you can still have time for
0: rest. Like, I, still not I still have that drive. I still have that drive in my head every day. That I'm drive like, is okay, great. what am I doing? Like, Some of it's good. I need to do more, you know what I mean? But I need to check myself, I think, because it is also such a new development for me in regards mm. to being unwell. And it's mm. something I should have considered because I've experienced mental health struggles way before I've had, you know, these, like, physical, um, like, this physical disability onset. And so Mm. it's something that I really should have recognized for myself much earlier. And I think I did, but again, there's that stigma and external pressure going on from society's views. It's crazy. It's so bad. I've had mental health issues since I was really young and, you know, done the whole thing, like hospitalizations, medications, all of that stuff. You really take for granted how important just rest and change and like acknowledgement of your own self-care and kindness
1: kind honestly like through and i'm I'm sure you'll relate naomi um but like just through through trying times whether it's trauma whether it's um a disability whether it's yeah your mental mental health declining whether it's grieving someone you've lost all of these things i think what we come back to and for me is just like the importance of kindness and 100%. love whether it's towards yourself yeah. most importantly which is really hard i've have um i've always struggled with my self-esteem and i've never really yeah. liked myself and never understood why i was a bit kooky and a bit different yeah. and um really. i was severely bullied as a child so i guess yeah. like um like really terribly and that yeah. shifted this whole view of myself
0: totally but, i had the um, same thing with Because I was a little bit different, you know, like, because Mm. I was a bit, had a bit more energy than other kids or had a bit more.
1: I got to say, when I first met you, I thought that was, I thought you were amazing, your energy. And (laughs) I I remember being my mum, like, I think we used to drop you home from school sometimes. And I remember just the conversations we'd have in the car. I was like, um, I love Naomi's energy. (laughs) She is just such a beautiful Person, And I've continue it, continued to think that and you. um, sing your praises because,
0: oh, you. so, you it's know, nice and to hear that, celebrating for,
1: difference is yeah. so important.
0: It's really nice to hear that from you that, you know, you're not ever, always going to be everyone's cup of tea. And no matter yeah. what is going on, especially again, I think we've got a, a very intense stigma in this society of if you don't fit one certain barrel oh, yes. of behaviour and expectations of, you know how you put yourself into the world Mm. then Mm. instantly it there's this fear that we Mm -hmm. associate it and there's this thing that we experience with like okay you know depending on how someone is dressed how someone looks
1: how they behave appearances bodies I think like and behaves I think there's just this our like our society is very yeah like cookie cutter you got to fit it um but there's also just like yeah. So I really am passionate about, um, the stigma around disability and difference. Um, and that's all disabilities, whether it's, you know, a, um, physical disability, whether it's intellectual disability, um, you know, all, all disabilities. And yeah. I think, cause we live in a very ableist society, um, that, uh, you know, doesn't provide accessibility for people and doesn't, through because of stigma and because of just not thinking about it and not thinking about people that are different. And, um, same in school, I guess it was just like anyone that wasn't, didn't fit in, you know, there was that bullying. Yeah.
0: And there's also, I think the biggest thing in, that's why I've started, you know, this platform and really what I want to do in regards to educating people, especially like from a sociological perspective in understanding Mm. that there's always like a, bigger cause like I think people Mm. they kind of see things just on the surface and they Mm. they aren't Mm. trained we aren't like trained to automatically understand unless it's something that you you know like for me I am so passionate about mental health and disabilities Mm. Mm. and causes and you know study sociology and I work as a support worker and it's obviously a passion of mine but Mm. we we're trained to just view things on the surface and not understand what's the underlying cause going Mm. on you know what I mean like and empathy,
1: know. just actually, yeah. where, where I think uh, empathy is just so important. Putting yourself in other people's shoes, thinking outside of yourself, and I think that's something that's very much happens in, to people in their twenties. I think yeah. a lot of people become selfish, yeah, um, or self interested, and yeah. I guess especially in this capitalist society we live in. Don't mean to get political, but yeah, yeah. Um, no, just well, please, it's just the society say. we live in. <laughs> yeah, it's just the society we live in, and it's mm-hmm. like you know i think um why i think it's just so important to just treat everyone with kindness and empathy and put yourself in other people's shoes and yeah. think
0: start how, how how start thinking like how has this person like why you know instead of like oh they're behaving that way ill why yeah maybe don't maybe, judge uh, like judgment uh, oh, is judgment. Uh, like we it's all judge to some it's degree it's that instant but, trying to label someone trying to box yeah. them trying to fit them into well, that's some what kind society, of category yeah. Instead exactly of and so things like you know when I was a kid experiencing that with people going oh you're this or you're that instead of mm. understanding okay well Maybe they've got a lot going on, you know what I mean? Or maybe there's something yep. like ADHD underlying that obviously yeah. affects my impulse control and yeah. you know my rational thinking, and so yes. I'm not going to have the same, you know. But they, it's not something that we think about. Or society no. in general. And same like with kids, like uh,
1: kids and adults. I think it, you know, um, there's a lot of quiet expectations and things. Like I look back now, now that I've got you know, with F and how it's changed and chain, you know, my values have always been really the same. I'm very much about compassion, love, yep. kindness. Um, I'm a people person. I want to do mm. music therapy. I'm really interested in, um, like you, I love people, sociology yeah. and um, making a difference. And I yeah. think like reflecting back on myself as a child and learning actually a lot about I, I just say little Maggie and like what yeah. why I was bullied and why I was yeah. different and totally. how how can we change that? It's honestly yeah. especially people like um, you know neurodivergent people um, so ADHD, um, autism spectrum disorder, yeah. dys- dyslexia, like yeah. just to name a few. Um, yeah, and look up neurodivergent. You know
0: mental health conditions like OCD, mental health like illnesses. DID, yeah. like you know like personality all of disorders. Things. Yeah, yeah. That- affects again your the way you can behave the way you can project yourself as a human being in society that might not be a cookie cutter
1: you know yeah, and and that's so important because everyone's different and i think i want to get to a point where we and i'm sure you do too where yeah. we're in this society and we celebrate difference it's about diversity 100%. it's about 100%. because you know people with different experiences and different ways of behaving and different values it's all about like that that creates a more colorful plate. And, um, yeah. you know, it, it's not, totally. it's interesting and it's exciting. Again, and like you were yeah. saying
0: before, what you were on in kindness, just more kindness, like more and celebrating
1: kind, being kind, celebrate people for who they are. Don't, yeah. you know, and don't judge like just mm-hmm. uh, honestly, just the difference in smiling. Mm-hmm. And I literally now, cause I used to be a bit of a doormat and just let anyone walk over me yeah. and like have attracted very domineering um, kind of energy vampires throughout my life. Um, And I've got to the point now where I'm learning about assertive communication and boundaries and actually going, no, I I don't want that anymore. And and just even small things like I don't go to cafes if the staff are rude or um, make me feel uncomfortable totally. or things like that. I'll go to hospital, uh, like uh, there's plenty of beautiful hospitality venues where the staff are lovely and actually 100%. you get to have a chat. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, so there's things like just small things like that. Yeah, um, totally. And, you know, I think it's it's a journey and I think um, checking in with your own stigma, like I still put a lot of pressure on myself. I'm still yeah. navigating who I am and living with FND and 100%. it's changed my relationship to. Everything to 100%. exercise, to study, oh to in- I don't have independence. No, being exactly. um, dependent, I need yeah, to be interdependent on your people. Values, yeah, everything. So I think like, and I know you're probably the same, Naomi. And I think it's just about um honestly getting through it is just through support um, yeah. from yourself and from other people. And um, I need to get better at this, but I think yeah. we all do is just being kind to yourself and 100%. going, hey. Um, I'm gonna give myself today just to take that pressure off and checking in on that internal monologue. Mm. Um, but I think, yeah, for me in FND, um, it's I'm, I've learned so much. Literally, I could talk for hours. But yeah. um, I've become very passionate about um, other minority groups too. Because, and before I had FND, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't think much about accessibility or disability. I didn't know much. I was I was ignorant. I didn't know. Um, And it's opened up this pool of knowledge where I'm just, I really want to know about lots of things and how I can relate to people and understand and support them. Um, So yeah, I'm really trying to educate myself all the time um, and ask questions and challenge my views about um, different minority groups, um, Mm. uh, whether it's disability, um different cultures and racial identities um you know super super passionate about lgbtqia plus community um and yeah uh,
0: that's that's kind of the whole purpose of this platform of what i want to do in regards to i'm hoping conversations exactly like this can help Mm. birth just a spark of thought and consideration for minority groups you know Mm. and Mm help people like if there's just one person that can learn something new from a conversation like yeah. this and build yeah. a little bit more understanding a little bit more patience a little bit more kindness we can you know begin to live in a society that has you know some more understanding and
1: and it will you know, change for future generations and I do exactly. believe we have a lot of work to do but we're also getting there and I think yes. there's some really beautiful changes happening and 100%. um and it's really exciting I was thrilled to see Dylan Orcott Australian of the year oh, um an amazing okay. disability advocate um and, the and festival I think
0: he did in regards to his like ability first Fest. fantastic festival for accessibility yep. for all people like brilliant yep. brilliant Why and isn't it done? brilliant and I think there's.
1: There's so many things I think like, you know, ponder your Instagram, your social media feed, YouTube, listen and see what else is out there. See what totally. minority groups are out there and listen and learn and soak it up. You are a sponge in this world. And exactly. I think, um, yeah, we just got to keep fighting to end stigma, um, in so many ways, so yeah. many things. Um, and yeah, I just feel really grateful to be on this journey. Um, it's mm. definitely been extremely challenging and horrible, yeah. um, but I am resilient. I'm a very resi- resilient human now. Yeah. yeah and right. um, I just feel grateful for people like you. <laughs> uh, um, no, and, I'm grateful for people yeah. like
0: you. I'm grateful for con- to be able to have this conversation. Conversation. You know, and and, and yep. have just someone who can kind of help build that little bit of understanding that little bit of
1: and vulnerability vulnerability like um you know because there's a lot of fake stuff out there on social media and the online worlds and in the physical world uh once we start opening up about these conversations being vulnerable and real and open sharing the good Mm -hmm. the bad the ugly Mm -hmm. and all of it um that is the human experience and that's what we need to keep doing is encouraging vulnerability and openness. So I'm just so, so impressed that you've created this space, Naomi. Oh, I think it's going to be amazing. And so I much. can't thank wait you. to watch what you Thank doing.
0: you for ah. contributing and helping me out, you know, to get this started. Absolutely. I really am so, so grateful for you being here with me today and having oh. a conversation with me. And yeah, I can't wait to start changing the world with you one more step at a time. One step at a time, Absolutely. baby, one
1: step at a time. <laughs> that's the, oh, that's thank the you so much.
0: Thank yes, so that's the mantra. One yeah. step at a
1: time. One step at a um, time. Thank you so much. Ah, oh, thank you so much. Thank you.